Hey, Valley fans, you're listening to the March to the Arch podcast. Is your team going to win? Make some noise! This is the March to the Arch podcast, your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. Welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast and this postseason episode of the Missouri Valley Conference where we're going to break down all the games for the three Missouri Valley Conference teams who will be representing Valley Hoops in postseason play in the NCAA, the NIT, and the CBI tournaments. We're going to get on to all the games with Drake, Bradley, and Indiana State. But as always, before we do that, how are we doing today, Baker? Doing awesome, Vance. It's uh, it's the best time of year. March Madness is here. It sure is. I mean, it's one of those you look to this Thursday and Friday. I mean, we've we've had a week off. You know, I didn't really pay a ton of attention to other conference tournaments because it goes Arch Madness, week off, NCAA tournament. I don't know how it goes for you, but that's how it works in my household. So I'm I'm kind of similar, but kind of not. So. I once Arch Madness was done, I was like ready to take like a good three, four days from watching basketball. I did start watching again toward the end of the weekend. Um, I did. I think I've said this on the podcast before. Um, I like I obviously I'm Valley true and true. No doubt about it. Like those are the 12 teams I root for. But like in tournament time, I've always liked Duke. And so like I watched a couple of their games, which luckily one was against Miami, (laughs) which is Mm -hmm. great. Um so I was able to have a little bit of that. But, yeah, toward the weekend when some of the big boy tournaments start playing, uh, I like watching it just to kind of get a better gauge. And, I mean, I try to watch State stay interested in college basketball through the year. But I'm with you, Vance. It's kind of hard, like, especially doing this podcast, it's kind of like we need – you and I both need to kind of decompress. I couldn't agree more with that statement. And that, it was a good kind of, like, last week. And, you know, I jokingly say it, and even when I put out our pool, so I'll, I will plug the March the Arch pool on ESPN. Go to Twitter to find the link to join it. But it's one of those of – You can I've also got- search March, March the Arch podcast on the ESPN bracket app as well. So, sorry. Go ahead, though, Vance. No, thank you for that. But it's one of those of – I have no idea. I don't follow any college <laughs> hoops outside of NBC. If I get last, I would not be surprised at all. So, it's one of those of um, let's have some fun. Go join that. Maybe there will be prizes. Maybe we'll talk about the best bracket names. But um, yeah. I know, though, for the, the Baker household, uh, Selection Sunday is a big deal, right, Baker? It's huge. It's huge. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but if I haven't, um, my family is since I was, I think it would, we've been doing this since like 2003, 2001, something like that. My mom's going to yell at me if I get this wrong, but uh, sorry, mom. Uh, but we've, so we've been doing this together. We like every single selection Sunday since I was young, we always get together and we do like, we pick teams out of a hat, like old school style. So like, we'll literally cut each and every team's name, put it in a bucket. And then that's who, uh, that's how we do our pool. You have to be eight years old to eight years old to get into it. And so, like my two nephews who are old enough now, both got into it. And then my two kids who are younger uh, aren't quite of age to do it. So um, we have a great time, honestly, in the Baker household. Um, Christmas is obviously the most important holiday to get together, and everything is our at least for our family. And then Selection Sunday is number two. Like it tops. I think it tops Thanksgiving, Easter, any other birthdays or anything. Like it is. It is. It's number two. Um, especially cause we even celebrate my dad's birthday during it, but no, this selection Sunday was, uh, you know, like our family, um, this is that, that's how different our family was. And like, we had, uh, 
we all get together. My mom makes her homemade pizza. Um, my son actually just got this football and we, uh, that was like the big thing. Cause my, my family, I grew up on a farm and so we have like a ton of area. And then, so side note here, we're going to, we're never going to get a sponsor by Sonic football. So my son got this football, right. And it says that you can throw it up to a hundred yards. This it's like a Nerf ball. That's like, it has like a hollowed out center. It says you can go a hundred yards. Uh, that thing barely went 50. Um, mm-hmm. my nephew, who's a pretty big guy, he plays, he plays baseball. So he's like currently playing high school baseball. His arm is like ready to throw a ball and he threw it over the barn, mm-hmm. but he wasn't, he threw it literally 50, probably 50 yards into like with the wind. Yep. So shout out to Sonic. It says on the box, you can throw it a hundred yards. I think that's only if Russell Wilson's throwing it, but mm-hmm. I digress. Um, but anyway, back hey, to hey, I got to stop you there because I think you got took. Um, and here's why <laughs> when you, opened up this story you said up to 100 yards so i feel like the, the good people at sonic football <laughs> lived up to their promise to you um and you got a 50 yards you didn't get one-on-one um because they said it's only up to 100 well you know what my wife brought up a good point she she said they only got somebody's only got to throw that thing 100 yards one time <laughs> and she said that they can put it on the box and they're not lying and i'm thinking to myself like part of me is like I, and I think it might even been my nephew who brought it up. He's like, maybe Russell Wilson threw it 100 yards once, and then they just called it. They're like, all right, we had an NFL quarterback throw it. We're good. Um, but anyway, so that's just uh, that's kind of the activity. That's how the day works, and then it all kind of caps off with the homemade pizza, Selection Sunday. We pick, we watch the Selection Show. We pick the teams. It's so much fun. Um, it's always funny when somebody gets the 16 seeds. It's great. Everybody celebrates when they get the one seed. So um, it's been a lot of fun. We've even got, like, we have a trophy. Um, mm-hmm. we have a, literally a, to have a trophy. We have a, we have a plaque with every name on it for the national champions. And then who's, who had that team. So it's really fun. And it's, uh, it's, it's one of those cool family traditions. Like I know everybody out there has got their own different traditions and that's one that's super important to us. That's really cool. And so that's selection Sunday for you all. Um, I'm one of like, I obviously watching cause I want to see where, where the Missouri Valley team's going. That's, you know, important for me, but you know, there's some, a lot of good traditions out there Thursday and Friday, you know, the opening or the, I guess the first and second rounds play tournament, you know, there's a lot of cool traditions out there, you know, kind of first question for you, Baker, have you ever been to an NCAA tournament once? Yeah, it was, uh, and it was not very good. We, yeah. I went to, I, I didn't go to a Valley team playing. We went, uh, it was like 10 years ago in Chicago and it's, it was terrible. Yeah. That's where I went. I went to Chicago, but I was seeing my team play. So, uh, seeing the Saluki. So it was a little bit different. So you also went def- to Syracuse though, right? I, I did go to Syracuse with sweet 16. So I, I've done first, second, and then sweet 16 rounds. Uh, my dad and his buddies, um, at least year in and year out, they're not doing it this year, but I mean, growing up, every weekend they would pick the closest one that they could drive to. So, um, you know, I'm from Southern Illinois, so they go to either St. Louis, usually hosted all the time, shout out NBC. Uh, they go to Nashville. Um, I think they've been to Chicago. They've done Atlanta. You know, anywhere they could drive to, uh, they mm-hmm. always picked um, those. So there's some good traditions out there. And we threw this out on Twitter to see if anybody has uh, some good traditions um so one here grant said this is the first time where all the games he actually cared about were after work and or in the evening so he doesn't have to worry about work <laughs> conflicts i think that's going to be a common theme in some of these of uh, you're just kind of dodging the man on thursday and friday or another way to put it is uh productivity hits all-time lows on friday afternoons i would say in the corporate world if i had to guess here um and then let's see here 
someone couldn't get Thursday off, so good theme there, but they got Friday off. Shout out Jason for that one. Really excited. Um, and then I'm assuming a Drake fan here, BRF1. Uh, first time uh, – oh, this will be for the first time ever. He will be on site watching – his Drake Bulldogs. I'm assuming that's his team. Oh, if, uh, that's, awesome. that's where he's going and he follows uh, this podcast. Um, for me personally, um, I look forward to Thursday, Friday. I usually um, either take a half day or a Friday afternoon, usually um, just get, get together with uh, buddies or my wife or just some uh, fr- uh, friends and get together and watch some of the games. In years past, we've rented out some establishments here where I live, and we've had bigger groups, but that was more pre-COVID. But it's definitely one of those of uh, Friday afternoon, I'll be locked and loaded just watching games and uh, and doing that thing. What about you, Baker? Yeah, so um, life has changed our plans since uh, since we used to actually always go up to Chicago. Um, one of my buddies, Zach, lives used to live up there, and – we would get together like every single year. We'd always get together on like the Friday and we'd just kind of go hop around the city, go to like, you know, bars, restaurants, whatever, and just find places where like they had all the games on TV and just kind of enjoy the day. And that's what we used to do. Um, now we've all kind of moved around a little bit. Um, he's moved to another city, uh, another state, actually. Uh, I have two youngsters and so it gets a little harder. So now my, uh, my watching will be uh, mostly from my house, Vance, um, yep. while, uh, with, with my daughter here on uh, Thursday. But I actually am one of the people that uh, I have not worked since I've been an adult on Thursday or Friday of the NCAA tournament. Um, you. I have always taken that vacation day. I even had the conversation with my boss. Um, like, hey, you know, I, I'm, it's, it's better you take the PTO here. Like, <laughs> we're not getting a lot done. Cause, and it's always one of those things. Like, I cannot, like, I've never done it since I've been an adult. Like, I've got graduated school and I've never been like someone who's had to work on those two days. I couldn't imagine doing it. Like, I don't know about you. Like, like, I, I would have a hard time, like, being able to concentrate on work if there's like a close game, like a 12 seed's gonna upside a five. And God forbid, like a Valley team played during work. So, um, yeah, no, it's uh, that's that's where I'm gonna be doing, and uh, I look forward to it every year. It's uh, it's two of the best days, Vance, of the whole year, sports calendar for sure. It really is, and it's one of those of like I kind of feel bad for the early game, but it's also the most di- like everyone's dialed in until about yeah. the, the second half when other games start tipping off. So, I know it's really just that. that well, random- have you looked? Have you looked at how like the schedule is? They stagger it even more the last couple of years. Where, I know. Like, they've got like it's you know how like there's there used to be like four would start like within like twenty minutes of each other. Now it's like two will start or like there's gonna be like one will start and then another two will start and then another like one or two will start and they kind of like break it off throughout the day. So mm-hmm. like they did something really smart when they went to the TNT CBS model is it's awesome because like you maybe have like two two games at once that are going on and you hope one of them's good so you can literally go game to game to game to game. Yeah, I mean, and that's the beauty of it. And honestly, I was kind of happy whenever I saw that Drake playing on Friday was in the evening. So it's not like I have to be dialed in um, to a game because it's kind of just on in the peripheral for me because it's more of just kind of hanging out and socializing for me. So um, it'll be good. But I'm excited to talk about these games. It's just that it's the opening weekend's the best weekend, right? Like, I don't care who you are. If you're not a basketball fan, like, you know what's going on. It's similar to the Super Bowl of, like, you know what's going on this entire weekend. People are going to be places where TVs can be monitored or they're going to be on their phone. And, you know, it's just one of those, um, I don't know, just the, the, those days that everyone has circled um, in their social calendar. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think – and the one thing going back to, like, actually going 
Um, I haven't gone. Illinois State has not made the tournament when I've been able to really go. Um, I was a little kid, but we didn't go. Um, so when Illinois State does make it again, I can't wait to go. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to be there in person. But someone who's been to kind of generic games in the tournament, at least that's from my perspective, um, I don't recommend that. Like, if yeah. you do it once, it's worth doing once. But unless your team's playing, I I don't know. It's, I, I think you're better off, like, being in front of a bunch of TVs and being able to flip around and check them out. But so, to your point, it's just so – it's so much fun. And, like, even people – like, my wife doesn't even – she's not a big basketball fan, but, like, she'll sit and watch some of the games. And, like, it's exciting for, like, everybody. It, it really is. And, you know, speaking to in-person, I think we got to talk about this And before we get into games is the Valley is going to be on the radar uh, for the first and second round and not just in Albany with Drake playing. We have this really unique situation this year where in Des Moines is hosting a first and second round of the NCAA tournament. And on the NCAA website, it says it's hosted by Drake University. Well, that actually means Missouri Valley because the Missouri Conference is, is also helping out with that because, you know, um, Mike Kern's name is all over everything for, for Des Moines. Um, he's like the NCAA contact for first round. So, you know, Love that it. It, um, that both the Missouri Valley Drake University partnered together to essentially bid for that first and second round. So really cool um, thing for the Valley to be on display along with Drake University. Hard part is, I bet, if you're in, in sports administration at Drake University, is hey, we have a team playing not in Des Moines, so we're supposed to be hosting, <laughs> you know, however many teams that are going to be descending and fans descending on Des Moines. But also, what we really care about is a game tipping off at six twenty-five in Albany, New York. So, shout out to everyone at Drake University and in the Missouri Valley Conference who are essentially going to be spread thin to ensure that we get the coverage that yep. uh, Missouri Valley Conference fans want from our Drake Bulldogs, in addition to hosting a first and second round um, tournament games in Des Moines, Iowa at the Wells Fargo Center. So just kudos to Valley staff, kudos yep. to Drake University staff. It's it's very unique this year, and I think it's going to go in that, that bucket of um, unsung stories of just what it actually took to, to put that on. No, that's cool. It's a, it's good exposure for the league too. Um, it's obviously something you really want to do as a league because I know that a lot of leagues bid on it and um, you don't always get selected. So I know the Valley's uh, had a history of getting selected to host events, whether it's by Drake, an individual institution, or the conference itself. Down in St. Louis, we've had heavy years as well. So um, very cool thing they're doing. I wonder, I don't know if you remember this. Um, do you remember last year? I don't know if you remember tweeting out. Uh, you, I, I think it was. I think it was you that did. You were you were you the one that noticed Mike Kern? Yeah, that was me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Because so uh, it was funny last year. I'll just take people. There's a you sent out a tweet last year. I think you texted it to me right before because you go. I think you were like, "Is that Mike Kern?" Because he was <laughs> actually like, um, because the Valley people don't know this. Like I know, and and we've heard it from tons of people. The Valley reputation around the NCAA is crazy good. Uh, mm-hmm. as professional and how they run tournaments and things like that. And last year during the Sweet 16 in Chicago, uh, there was Mike Kern as uh, one of the people in the front row kind of running, helping run the tournament. So um, we were excited to see him, obviously, as Valley fans. And Vance was the one who Vance was the one who noticed. I think he sent me like a screen cap, and I think he tweeted out like, hey, there's Mike Kern, hey. We People who listen to this is like, we're the weirdest Valley fans in yeah, the entire whatever. world. Like, yeah, we're, we're picking out <laughs> – it was just an athletic commissioner, uh, Mike Hurd, on in the front row in a uh, sixteen round. That's yeah, true. That's, that's true. Why, that's, you why know what the, vodka, that's why we do this podcast, Baker. The, 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 the real, the real ones will know. <laughs> they, they really will. But hey, let's get into games, Baker. Absolutely. 
All right, Valley fans, it's not the march to the arch anymore. We are on to true postseason play here. And before we get into the games with Drake in the NCAA, Bradley in the NIT, and Indiana State in the CBI, let's talk about just what is the Valley pedigree in postseason play. And so, Baker, I'm going to put you here on the spot. When it comes to the NCAA tournament and Power 5 conferences – There are two conferences in which the Missouri Valley Conference has a winning record against in the NCAA tournament. Two Power Five conferences. Can you name one of them? I think I can name one. Okay. I'm going to say the SEC. That is correct. We are, the Missouri Valley is eight and six against the SEC. Do you want to take a shot at the other one? Oh, God. No, I don't. Okay. Oh, shout out Kona. Hey, um, Kona. Um, so the second one is the Big 12, who the oh, Missouri no Valley chance. is also 8-6 and six against. So there are two leagues okay. that, that we have a winning record against in the NCAA tournament. That is the SEC and the Big 12. Um, the ACC, we are 3-8 and eight against. Um, I can at least think of one loss, which was uh, West Virginia. No, wait, who's West Virginia? Are they in the ACC? They were Big East right. when you lost to them. They were Big East when we lost. Okay. Uh, Big we 10. lost to my. We actually lost to Miami uh, a few years back. Ball State played them. That's right. Uh, the Big Ten, we are 5-9 and nine, um, against the Big Ten all-time. Big okay. East, 5-7. and seven, And then the Pac-12, 2-4 and four, um, okay. in NCAA. So, pretty cool. Pretty, uh, pretty cool stat there. there are two of them we have winning records against. I think very cool. Um, This season, it's not NCAA related, but uh, the MVC has three wins against Power 5 conferences in eight tries, so three and eight. Um, Overall, over time, the MVC has 20 wins in the last – in the NCAA tournament over the past nine NCAA championships. We've had multiple bids 17 times in the NCAA tournament since 1994. So pretty cool. 20 wins and 17 multi-bid years. You got to get back to that. Got to. Um, so of teams in the NCAA tournament, we are 31 and 42 um, in, in the NCAA tournament teams. Not the best uh, record there. But um, yeah, there's just some fun uh, NCAA facts uh, as we get into the first one, which will be Friday. March 17th in Albany, New York, the number 12 seeded Drake Bulldogs will be taking on the five seeded Miami Hurricane at 625 Central. That game will be on TBS here, Baker. Yeah, so uh, interesting matchup uh, going against an ACC opponent. Uh, just to give you a little bit of stats, um, the Drake Bulldogs seed overall was 49th in the tournament. They are a 12 seed, uh, but 49th overall, so they were the technically the third 12 seed. Um, and the uh, Miami Hurricanes were the five. They were a five seed. They were 20th overall. So just to give you a little perspective there. Uh, if we look at Miami, they are right now sitting in the net at number 35 overall, the third-place team in the ACC. In Kempom, they are 40th overall and number three in the ACC as well. Uh, just to compare that, uh, 35 in the net for Miami, 55 for Drake. Kempom, 40 to 66 for Drake. So a little bit of disparity there. Um, 
we are going up against a team, an interesting team with Miami. Um, they are very athletic. Um, they can shoot from the outside. Uh, a couple guys to watch out for. Isaiah Wong, he's a guy who can shoot from the outside. He's kind of a ball hawk type defender, but um, with Drake's really good guards, they take care of the ball pretty well. So I don't think that should be a huge problem, but uh, something to keep an eye on. Uh, Nigel Pack, is, uh, he, shoot, he averages shooting uh, six threes per game. Uh, so he's one of those guys you cannot afford to get good looks and get going. Uh, Miami is actually coached by Jim Laranega, who is 12 and 10 all time in tournament. Um, they were, this was an elite eight team last year, Vance. So, um, Miami coming in a very good team. Uh, the, the flip side. So I have, so let me, let me just take us into the three takeaways I have for the game and you can, and cut me off if you want to chime in anytime. Um, so my three big takeaways looking at this game, uh, number one for this, uh, it's the health of, uh, Norchid Omar. Um, he has an ankle sprain. He's the big guy. He's the, the man in the middle for Miami. Um, he is, uh, he had an ankle sprain against Duke actually from that game I was watching the other night. Um, and he is, he kind of controls their defense, Vance. Um, he's very athletic, six seven player. Um, he could be a player that could cause Brody fits uh, with his athleticism for sure, because um, he's going to be a du- different matchup than he's seen all year in the Valley. Um, he can also give fits to Tucker DeVries because you know, like Tucker likes to kind of back in and get those shots inside. Um, a guy, a guy like Omar Omir can really he can really challenge that for sure. Um, Miami does have some depth that I saw Larinaga quote that he believes in uh, AJ Casey and Anthony Walker. They're ones uh, both are six, nine. They both average 10 minutes or less. So the guys that don't play a lot. So um, if this, so at the end of the day, just to put it in perspective, um, if Omir doesn't play, uh, this is a huge loss for Miami. And mm-hmm. this is huge for Drake. Um, because like I said, it's, it's the type of inside presence that they really haven't seen a lot of this year. Um, the second takeaway that I have, um, Miami's a really good offensive team, not, not as good defensively. Um, but Drake, it's kind of the opposite. Um, their offense is good, but they've had some subpar games here or there. So their numbers aren't quite as high as, uh, obviously like a Miami. Um, so the question is, is how will this game be played? Um, I think if Drake keeps this game in the sixties, it'll go a long way for them. But, um, Miami is one of those teams that if they get cooking, they can get this thing up in the eighties real fast. Um, I think that would be challenging for Drake to kind of keep pace with that. Um, and then the other piece, my final takeaway is, um, can Drake keep the momentum going 13 out of 14 wins on Arch Madness title, but they just had 12 days off fans. Um, it's a veteran team. So maybe having those days off are good. Uh, to kind of get the legs right and everything. But when you have a lot of momentum, a team like Drake was playing with, other than that loss at Bradley, uh, where they kind of just went into went into a tornado going into Carver that day, um, they've been really good. Keep things going. Um, any thoughts on the takeaways before we pick this one? No, I don't have any thoughts. Um, I will just say in the national media, the one person that's very high on Drake um, is John Fanta. He is a Fox college basketball contributor. Um, he even talked on some of the selection shows um, and appearances he's had. He's, he's kind of the dark horse. This is a sweet 16 pick. So he really likes the Drake Bulldogs. When it comes to Drake in the NCAA tournament, this will be their sixth appearance um, and the second one for Coach DeVries. So, uh, you know, something that DeVries gets going, um, second time for them. And I'm just looking forward to, um, to this game. I really like just where the trajectory Drake has been in their last, what, three games. And so, um, 
it's hard for me not to not to start trending that way when we go to your pick. Baker, how do you feel um, about the Drake Bulldogs in this opening round matchup against Miami? Yeah, so real quick, first I wanna I do want to mention the um Ken Palm projected score. So looking on Ken Palm, they are projecting this score to be 75-73 Miami over Drake in this game. Um, that is Omir playing in this game is mm-hmm. baked into that prediction. Um for me, um I heard Larinago's comments. I it granted it's coach speak and he's not gonna let on whether he's playing or not until minutes before the game starts. You're not going to know if Omir's playing or not. Um, That said, he brought up – in one interview I saw, he brought up Sunday, him playing on Sunday. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if you bring that up if you think he's going to play on Friday, but maybe he would. Maybe he would. Uh, Maybe you're trying to to knock the scent off whether he's going to play or not. Uh, I think him playing is a big factor in this game. Um, I am going to pick Drake 61-60 to is my official prediction on this game. Um, I think a good veteran group, even if Omir does play, I think that Drake – I think this is their time they can get a good win. They've the Drake is also a team that Miami has not they've kind of seen it a little bit with Virginia's as they play really good defense, but Drake's a good defensive team. They've got guys that can beat you so many different ways. They're very a lot of times in March Madness fans, guards are a big deal. Well, we know how good the guards are, the veteran group that Drake has. Um, I think Rowan Penn's going to be a big factor in this game as well. So uh, whether he plays or not, I like Drake uh, 61-60. If he doesn't play, um, I actually think Drake can win this game by double figures. Ooh, I like that a lot. I love Drake in this game. I mean, how are we not going to pick Drake? I mean, Kim Palm with uh, Miami's best player has him only a two-point you know, favorite. Um, in a, do, you have a, do you know what the spread is real quick, by the way? I, just I, for... Great question. Um, I don't have it right here. Um, but... I'll pull it up. Go, go ahead with your prediction. I'll pull it up. No, I definitely have Drake um, in this game. I, I, I think you're going to go with the veteran um, team here. And one thing I was going to pose to you kind of in the, the gambling realm is over under three and a half, how many times we're going to see that, um, that video graphic of Drake having an older starting five than uh, what was like five NBA teams. Over under three and a half. I'm going to see it. All, you're going to see it all day, especially because it's going to be all over Twitter. Um, yes. Way over. Because you know people are going to tweet that out. You know they got that thing ready to roll. For oh, it's, they may not I even get to the it. opening tip before seeing it. Oh, my goodness. You're right. But it is crazy, though, that, that that's that's for real about uh, the Drake starting five. But, I mean, that's advanced. This is this is the kind of team that you want to send into the con- – like for a mid-major team to have a veteran group with – you have a ton of guys who are going into their last game, or potentially their last games here of their career that are hungry to get, go far in the tournament. And then you've got a great young player who is a Larry Bird player of the year in the Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this team definitely fits the bill. Um, listen, don't, don't go overconfident Drake because I mean, guys like Juan can, can get going. Um, if Pack has a good game shooting the ball, he's a, he's that, that sophomore shooter that uh, takes a lot of shots. Jordan Miller is also a really good player for them. Um, I don't know if I don't think Miami's very deep, but their starting five can play. Yeah. Um, so there's a reason this team finished. Um, they actually finished second in the ACC. They're the third best team according to Ken Palm. But there's a reason they're this good. So um, whether whether Omir plays or not, um, that you definitely have to be ready to go. But uh, if Drake brings their A game, I think they can win this game. So do you have a score prediction, Vance? Uh, I don't, but um, I do know that Miami is a two-and-a-half-point favorite uh, two and a half. in this game. Yep. Two-and-a-half, which which feels about right. I mean, that's um, – I would imagine that if there's more concrete evidence on 
whether Omir plays or not, I think that we're going to learn a lot more about that. Um, we're going to learn more it's about a, that spread because I think that's gonna, that number is going to go down. Real quick. We didn't talk about it in the opening. This was a great draw for Drake. You know, oh, of, for sure. I mean, I, we didn't of talk the about five seeds? Of the yes. five seeds. This was an absolute stellar draw for the Bulldogs. I was petrified they were getting Duke. Me too. I was petrified because Duke Drake. I, I just thought I was like, oh, that's a NCAA tournament. Like, wonky. like a Duke Drake is just such a like a NCAA matchup. Um, I feel terrible for like a. Oh, by the way, just side note, I feel bad for Oral Roberts having such a great year and as well as Duke's playing right now. Duke's yeah. underseeded and like that's that's hurts a mid major because I remember when, remember when Loyola was underseeded when they were in the Valley. That was that kind of hurt like Illinois. It's the mm-hmm. flip side here that. Uh, 12 seeds going to play against a team who might, who's probably playing as well as about a three. So, yes. um, no, I think this is a great draw for, for Drake. This is a very winnable game. Uh, just to give you guys a little bit more perspective around the bracket, um, the matchup that they would play on Sunday uh, in Albany as well would be against, if they do win this game, would be against the winner of Indiana and Kent State. Just to give you a little bit of information on Indiana and Kent State, for those who haven't watched a ton of them this year, um, Indiana was 22-11 and 11 this year. Uh, they're actually coached by uh, my former Knicks head coach, uh, Mike Woodson, the head coach there. Uh, best player for Indiana, Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, he's a stud for it. If you watched college basketball, if you've seen games this year, you know who he is. Um, he's one of the best players in this entire tournament, 20 points a game. Uh, he is an incredible problem uh, to defend. Uh, that said, I think Indiana would be a very beatable team. Um, they're also a good enough team that they could blow Drake out. I mean, Indiana is kind of one of those inconsistent teams. Like they're an inconsistent, good team. Mm-hmm. If that makes, if that makes any sense. Um, so, but that's a very winnable game for Drake as well. Uh, on the flip side, the 13 C is actually really interesting. 71 in the Ken Palm is Kent state at 28 and five coming out of the Mac. They were really good this year. You all, I always heard stuff about Kent state, um, Carry for them is their great shooter, great defender. He's 17 points a game, almost two steals a game. Another very beatable game, but if you get into that second round where you have two mid-majors going up against each other, those games can be those games can be really interesting, and especially two kind of veteran groups going against each other. If Drake has to play Kent State in the second round, whew, that's that's a hard matchup because uh, you you don't you don't you never want to see mid-majors play each other later on in the tournament because uh, those can be those can be some very tough games. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any other thoughts around the the bracket as well? I mean, how far um, do you have Drake going? How far do I have Drake going? I have them going to Sweet Sixteen. Me too. I, you know what? That, just that's our Valley ho- uh, Homer. Them, you know, just coming well, to fruition there. So, so the reason, and, and I'll give you a little background around it. My reason is I do think that they, I think they will beat Miami, mm-hmm. and I think they'll play Indiana. And the one thing about Indiana, if you look at how they've done this year. Um, a lot of times Indiana will have a big win and they'll have a letdown and a big win and then a letdown. And if you look at their, like the last two, like month and a half of their schedule, they would have a big, I think they beat Purdue once and then they lost in a letdown game against the next game. They, they had a huge emotional win against Michigan. And then they had a letdown, even though I know Michigan's not a tournament, but at the time it was a huge mm-hmm. win. So, um, that's the kind of team Indiana is and they're, and they got a young team. I think Drake would expose them in a second round matchup, but, um, like I said, when you're talking to a team like Indiana, if Indiana gets hot and they get going, they they're so good with Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, they could blow them out. They could blow anybody out in this tournament. They're that good. So, um, fascinating draw. I think you're right. Um, you're sitting there in the uh, the Midwest region here, or yes, yeah, Midwest region with uh, with Houston. Um, you got Texas in this region. Um, Xavier, a lot of game, a lot of good teams, Vance, but um, 
I, I think Drake can I think Drake can stand up with any of them, honestly. Like they're I know we're Valley Homers and we're obviously gonna give this valley spin, but um I mean we've watched this team enough this year. I think they're playing really well at the right time. Um and we always talk about Drake's best being the best. I think we're gonna get Drake's best in this tournament. I think so too, and I can't wait for six twenty five um here on Friday to get here to see this game. Um, in Albany, New York. Anything on the NCAA before we pivot to the NIT here? No. Um, good luck with your brackets, folks. It's it's going to be a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hey, let's go to the NIT, um, which will be kicking off here Tuesday, March 14th in Madison, Wisconsin, where the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, they are the two-seed in the NIT, will be hosting the Bradley Braves at the Cole Center. This game is going to be at 8.30 p.m. on uh, – what is that going to be? That is going to be on ESPN. When it comes to the NIT, the Missouri Valley Conference, um, they've, they've got some success here. The Valley has seven NIT titles. Um, and so Bradley is in great company. They've got four of those seven. Um, and then they are the only team that has – uh, oh, I'm sorry. Missouri State has multiple as well, winning in 93 and 2006. But um, yeah, the uh, the 60s were uh, or the late 50s and early 60s were Bradley basketball in the NIT. Um, and so we've got some success there. Baker, how do you see in this year's NIT the Bradley Bays f- faring in Madison? I think they can do really well in this tournament. I really do. Um, just to give you a little background, uh, Wisconsin, as you said, the three seed. Um, not sure if anybody knows this. I, I heard this last night, and I and I just it was confirmed to me. So if you look at where Bradley's playing a three seed, uh, you think, oh, that means they're probably the six seed. Not necessarily. So what the NIT does, um, so it's a 32-team tournament. They're going to rank the first 16, and those will be the one through four seeds in the four regions. And then from there, they'll take the next 16 teams that make the tournament, and those teams will be geographically placed. So that's why Wisconsin's playing Bradley right now. So because Bradley's not playing a home game, it was pretty much set in stone they were going to play Wisconsin because it's a three-hour three hour trip to the game. So that's how they put the first round together. And I actually don't hate that. I, I don't mind that at all. I think it's good to have, um, you know, if your team has a, has a good season and you want to go see them play in the NIT, these are campus games, um, you're allowed to go to those games. So it makes it harder because you're playing a road game, but it's good for the fans that they can make to the game. So um, didn't know if you knew that or not, Vance, or if, if any of the fans had heard that before. But I know a lot of people were wondering, oh, how did Bradley get a six seed? It's not necessarily a six seed. Um, they could have been the best number. They could have been the best team that didn't get a home game for all we know. Um, but right now, uh, Wisconsin seven or they are 76 in Ken Palm. Bradley sitting at 86 in Ken Palm net rankings. Wisconsin is at 80. Bradley is at 72. Um, this is one of the lower end Big Ten teams. They fell in their uh, in the play in round against Ohio State. Uh, at the Big Ten tournament when they were on the bubble, so uh, disappointing uh, way to come into this game. Uh, they are. Wisconsin's not playing good basketball right now, Vance. This is a team that's kind of limping their way into the NIT. It's a very winnable game for Bradley. Um, Hepburn is a really solid point guard. Uh, he can shoot. He can defend pretty good. Um, but he hasn't been him. I it, he has not been as good lately. Um, Stephen Crawl is a big man in the middle. He's seven feet tall. Um, Going to be a really fun matchup with Rink Mast in this game for sure. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup for for Wisconsin Bradley here. The three takeaways that I have, real quick, um, 
like I said, Wisconsin coming this game, losing nine of their last 14 games. Uh, and they were on the bubble. Um, has this team given up or do they still believe that the NIT is something they can play for? And that's actually a real question. A lot of times teams who miss out of the NCAA tournament on the bubble come into the NIT and aren't necessarily excited about the NIT and aren't necessarily excited to try to make a run in it. So um, we will know real fast what kind of Wisconsin team we're going to get. Uh, the second thing that I'm going to have is what the atmosphere is going to be like at the Kohl Center and kind of the same point. Um, will fans up show to an, or fans show up to an NIT game? Uh, will it be its normal rock and self? Because I mean, I'm sure you've seen over the years, Vance, anytime Wisconsin has a big game at the Kohl Center, that place is rocking. So, um, and I mean, you've even, I mean, you see the jump around in their college football games. This is a big college town. They like to, they support Wisconsin sports for sure. So, um, but is there going to be motivation to win the tournament from the fan basis perspective? Um, and then the other, the last takeaway that I have is can Bradley forget that, that last game in St. Louis where they really didn't look like themselves. They had a, Drake was came in and played awesome basketball and and Bradley just didn't. Um, and that was a bad game for them. Can they forget that and get back to their winning ways? Cause they were going into that game riding high. So um, before we get into the game picks, do you have any other thoughts on this game? No, I mean, it, it's the necessary evil, right? And so it's one of those of I'm glad that there is a structure in place that Bradley's rewarded for winning the Missouri Valley Conference tour, or uh, regular season. And so um, I love that rule. And I don't know how it's probably been in place for, you know, now, if not more. But I love it um, and that they're rewarded and that they get a chance at that redemption for one, for a bad game in St. Louis. Right. And so that's what I love about it. I have nothing about the game. Um, I'm going to be cheering them on, but nothing, nothing to add here. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting thing. Uh, one thing that I want to bring up, and I don't know if anyone's seen this, if I missed this, Vance, and if you can correct me, go for it. Um, I do. I haven't seen anything whether or not Vili Tavanainen is going to be good to go in this game. I know he missed the championship game in St. Louis. I think he was in concussion protocol at the time. So um, I haven't seen anything if he's good to go or not. Have you have you, I, have you I have seen not, his status no. at all? Granted, if you're Wardle, you're not going to tell anybody either. Right, fair, but exactly. Um, so we don't know if he's going to play. I do think that would be a factor in this game because I think we need to get him back on the floor, especially just I want to be healthy and also, um, he's he does a really good job at stretching the floor as a as a good veteran player. Um, the Ken Palm projected score is Wisconsin sixty six, Bradley sixty two, so four point win for the Badgers. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact they're at home. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to agree with Tom Crean, who on the NIT selection show actually picked Bradley to get to Las Vegas for the final four of the NIT. So, um, I am going to pick Bradley to win this game. I'm going to say 58 to 54. I think it's going to be kind of a slog game. Um, but Bradley can win these games. And I think the one thing that I'm afraid of is, um, Bradley free throw shooting can be kind of, there's been a few games where it hasn't been necessarily great, but over that winning streak to win the conference championship, they've been very good, just doing really well beating teams. So I hope we see that veteran group from Bradley step up and do this. They got a, like I said, veteran group for Bradley. This is it for a couple of them, maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, I think of a guy like Jay Sean Henry, I think this is a, it's going to be really important for them to make a run here. So um, I think Bradley wins this game. Uh, 58, 54. What do you think Vance? I, I like the pick. Um, I like Bradley, but for, uh, I would say one of the first reasons you gave is I just think Wisconsin's um, I don't think they're, they're going to be their, their mindset's going to be in this game. And I think yeah. Bradley's going to capitalize on it because 
as we all know, as mid-major teams, is you've got to take advantage of these opportunities. Um, it's going to be an ESPN game. You know, it's it's not it's it's still a high-tier tournament. Um, a lot of eyeballs For on sure. it, and it mean and it means something in recruiting. Um, so I think Bradley's going to come in with the right right mindset. I do think it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's a Big Ten team versus a Missouri Valley team. We know defense is going to win this game, so I think it's going to be low-scoring as well. Yeah, and and quite frankly, Bradley, we know how good a defensive team they are. So I think that's a great take by you. Um, just to kind of give you guys an idea of who the t- second-round possible opponents are because we will not record until next week um, and preview other games. Hopefully there are some. Um, but the second-round opponents would be uh, the number two seed, Liberty. Uh, Liberty is actually a team that Bradley saw in an MTE this year in Cancun. Uh, they beat Bradley 55-44, folks. The full Bradley team didn't play in Cancun, so I don't think I need to remind you guys that. Um, <laughs> probably a different game um, had they had them. And quite frankly, it would have helped their resume quite a bit because that was one of those games when when Brian Wardle had talked, one of those four games that they didn't get because of injuries uh, that really might have cost them being on the bubble for an NCAA bid or at least a home game in the NIT. So, um, But for Liberty, their best player, Darius McGee, 22 points a game, averages 11.3 three-point attempts per game. Um, so a guy that you can't let him get going as well, but definitely a beatable team. I think it'll be very interesting if Bradley does play against Liberty again, uh, and it's a healthy Bradley going against them. I really like our chances there for the Missouri Valley. Uh, flip side, if uh, if it's not Liberty, it could be Villanova. Uh, Villanova is a really interesting team, 17 and 15 on the year. Uh, they're a turnaround team just to make the NIT, folks. This is a team that was really struggling midway through the season, and they got it to kind of turn around. Eric Dixon's their best player as a forward, uh, 15, 15 and a half points a game, six rebounds a game. Uh, Caleb Daniels, another guy who is really good. He can fill it up, almost 15 points a game for him. Uh, to me, this is the one I think would be a difficult matchup for Drake. Um I, this would be a game where if Drake has to play Villanova on the weekend, they better come ready to play because Villanova has been playing some pretty good basketball. Um, they've won six out of eight to end the year there in the Big East to kind of make their run to get to the NIT to be in that conversation. So um, this is a team who's playing some of their better basketball. Uh, young coach who's who took over for Jay Wright there. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. I, I kick myself for it, but um, he's got that team playing well here late in the year, and I think this tournament does matter to Villanova. So um, just a little bit of thoughts on the second-round points. Vance, do you have anything else on uh, Bradley's NIT chances? No, I, good luck to Bradley, and uh, looking forward to uh, hopefully seeing them in Vegas. Uh, so let's move on to the last um, – postseason tournament that a Missouri Valley team will be participating in. And that is the discount tire CBI tournament. Um, and so over time, Valley schools are 18 and 10 in the CBI tournament. Uh, the one championship and that is by Loyola in 2015. And we've been the runner up twice. Um, Indiana State will be our representative in the CBI and all time in the CBI. They are 0-1 in this tournament. As mentioned, it's the Discount Tire CBI tournament. Um, Indiana State's game will be on Saturday, March 18th in Daytona Beach, and it will be at 10 a.m. Eastern against they will be the one seed um, in the CBI, and they will play the 16 seed, the USC Upstate, and that will be on Flow Hoops. Good old Flow Hoops. Hey, do, 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 you, do you still do you think your seven day trial still works from uh, MTE time? <laughs> you know, I don't think so. <laughs> if somebody has a good way to get Flow Hoops, please. <laughs> 
please send me a DM. Um, but that said, um, yeah, US, USC Upstate out of the Big South. Uh, the Ken Palm projected score for this game, 82-72, to 72, Indiana State with the 10-point victory. Uh, Vance, I, there's not a, we're not going to dive too hard into the CBI tournament, especially this week. Um, maybe next week if, if they make a run uh, through the CBI and we do another podcast about it, um, we'll, we'll get a little bit deeper into it when they're playing some of the better teams. But uh, just looking at this field, it's a really solid CBI field. Uh, some teams that Indiana State's seen earlier this year, uh, I know they lost to Duquesne. They beat Stetson earlier this year. Um, Tarleton State's another team out of the Western Athletic that uh, Drake played earlier in their MTE. Um, Southern Indiana team that beat Indiana State as well at the Ohio Valley. Uh, they're in Evansville, aren't they? Yes. Southern Indiana. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, so yeah, they're looking at, this is a, this is an interesting tournament. Uh, the two favorites, obviously Indiana state and San Jose state, uh, 97 and 90, or I'm sorry. Yeah. 97 and 93 out of the Ken Palm 93, 95 in the net rankings respectively. Um, to me for as a Valley fan, and I'll pose the question to you first, I think it's a complete failure if we don't see Indiana state in the championship game of the CBI. Yes. I mean, we, we said the same thing was it Drake last year. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of phoned it in, in this, in the second round, I think, or they were up. Like well, they had a, they 20. had a 20, they had a 20, had a 20 point lead. lead. Yeah. Wilmington. And then they somehow, somehow didn't win it. Wilmington, who I think went on to win that tournament. Uh, yeah. but no, you're the one seed going in the CBI. You go to a CBI type tournament right now. Um, especially with the format of the CBI, it's a little bit different now where you're going to just, uh, every game's at Daytona Beach, correct? Yes, at the Ocean Center. So you're it's a it's a one venue thing. Uh, it's not as much about having the home games and getting more experience. This is a one venue tournament. I wish it went back to the way it was, but I'm they do it this way for whatever reason. Um, that said, I think you go to this kind of tournament, you better be going in to win it. Yeah. Um, and as a Missouri Valley, you are the number one seed. Um, I think Indiana State has a really good chance of winning this because the style that they play. It is so hard to prepare for that style. Mm-hmm. Like in a tournament like this, if you're you, I think the best chance that they have to lose up until maybe that game, what they would play, maybe a San Jose State or a Charlotte, uh, maybe a Duquesne who beat them earlier this year. I know is on their side, but um, to me, it's like USC Upstate might have the best chance for the first couple games because they're at least having a couple days to look at them. Right. You know, a lot of these teams like. You would have to – how quick is the turnaround between game one and two, Vance? Do you have that? Uh, it's not like two I'll... days, right? Sure. Yeah, I think it's either it's either one or two days. So, like, if you're in eastern Kentucky or Cleveland State, like, it's a, this is a hard team to prepare for with the run. Their, their offense is very – it's quick. It's fast-paced. They've got veterans on this team that play really hard. They're really tough to guard. They've got an inside presence with – Avila, they this is a really difficult team to beat. Shirts knows how to win trophies. And um, I think that this is a team that's going to win a trophy. Luke, Luke Martin, a friend of the show who we had on not too long ago, let's go win a trophy was his tweet when this got put out. So I agree. Um, this is a tournament you do to win. So um, go get them, Indiana State. I th- I, th- I have the utmost confidence that uh, they will at least make at least make a deep run this tournament to the final four, which once we do get to the final four, I believe those games are all on ESPN, ESPN two. So um Let's hope uh, let's hope they can make a little bit of noise and uh, represent the valley well, Vance. 
Yeah, we'll say it this way. Let's just hope they get off Flow Who so we can see them on a uh, on a different channel. But there you uh, go. You know, you know the good people at Discount Tire know how to run a good uh, tournament there down in Daytona. So that's right. Go trees. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been uh, a little bit of postseason action where we know the Drake Bulldogs are going to represent the Valley well um, in the NCAA tournament. Bradley is going to go to Madison. Um, and play the Wisconsin Badgers and the NIT and Indiana State trees are heading to Daytona Beach to be a part of the Discount Tire CBI Tournament. All right, Valley fans, before we wrap up this postseason episode where we preview the NCAA, NIT, and CBI, Baker's going to take us through some of the top NCAA moments for the Missouri Valley Conference term. Sorry for the NCAA tournament. You know what, Baker? I'm just so used to saying Missouri Valley Conference tournament that <laughs> I got to get in postseason. Um, That's right. You do. You do. So these are the uh, top 10 good and bad moments in MVC history. So we got five good ones, five bad ones. Vance, you can give me your comments on each one as we go through these. Um, and then after we're done, if there's something that I missed or something that stands out to you as a good moment, bad moment. Uh, love to hear from that and from the rest of the listeners out there. So here we go. Uh, at number 10, I'm going to start with a bad moment, and we're going to go with the Southern Illinois Salukis starting things off. Uh, one of the worst moments of my life watching uh, Valley Hoops in the tournament was in 2003 when uh, SIU got absolutely hosed on a terrible blocking call, which should have been a charge against Jermaine Dearman when actually fouled him out and gave Missouri two free throws to win the game. That was a game in Indianapolis, I believe, where uh, SIU should have won that game. That was not a block at all. That was a, completely a charge, but a uh, terrible call ended the Saluki season. Yeah, um, I don't want to relive that one, but I yes, that is a terrible moment in my Saluki fandom. Exactly, exactly. Let's go to a good moment and one that was very profitable for Vance and I because, and this was also a moment where we were also predicting something like three months in advance and we got it right. Uh, Loyola upsetting Illinois, was <laughs> especially because we had a lot of friends who are Illinois fans. And uh, this was big because we were calling this forever. Uh, that Loyola team was the bad matchup that Illinois did not, could not afford to play. And that got proven on uh, in the NCAA tournament, getting the Ramblers to the Sweet 16. How about us now, Jeff Goodman? How about us now? That's right. That's right. Good one. I like that callback. Uh, number eight. After having a really successful 1999, the value was running high. They had Southwest Missouri State made their run to the Sweet 16. The next year, um, Indiana State started off the tournament and got blasted by Chris Mim in Texas. I don't know why this game stands out to me as a kid. But, like, this was some of my earlier memories of, memories of the Valley. And I just remember, like, thinking, oh, all right, Valley teams go to the tournament and they do really well because, like, the Birds won game, you know, Southwest Missouri State won to a Sweet 16. I'm like, all right, we're going to do well here. They got smoked. And I don't know why that always stood out to me. I don't know if you remember it even. But, yeah, Chris Mim in Texas smoked the trees in that game. Yeah, not on my radar, but uh, I like it. I like the the Valley history here. Keep going, Baker. There you go. There you go. I, hey, you know, I some you remember things as a kid that stand out. Who knows? <laughs> um, all right, this the number seven is a good memory, and it's a couple of buzzer beaters from my childhood. Uh, one of which you all know is going to be near and dear to my heart. Dan Muller at the buzzer beating Tennessee in overtime. Uh, the last time Illinois State won an NCAA tournament game. Uh, last time they were in the tournament. 25 years ago, Ilk. and then also in 2002, uh, Terrell Taylor at the buzzer beating Florida at the United Center. That was also another big time moment as a kid, just a good memory. And uh, that was kind of when like the Valley pride was going on in my heart. It was like, yeah, you know, Creighton going to the tournament, that, that's, that, that's our league. This is good for our conference. And I remember those two buzzers of years very well. 
Love it. Love those. Number six is a bad memory. So Creighton was ranked from December 16th all the way through the NCAA tournament. Got into the NCAA tournament, got a six seed, a really high seed for a Valley team at the time. And uh, they got smoked by Central Michigan. The score ended up being a six-point game, but if you remember correctly, I think Central Michigan was up by like 26 at halftime. They, that game was not a six-point game. Mm-hmm. Creighton made that a six-point game. But I, I don't know if you remember that game, Vance, but how, how disappointed everybody was from Valley Circles of, like, you had this team who was good all year, thumped everybody, um, and they went to the tournament just laid Meg. Creighton was just one of those teams that they were great in the regular season, just couldn't get over the NCAA hump. No, they and I don't know if they ever did. They ever make a Sweet Sixteen? No, in not valley? not in the Valley, not in the Valley. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. It was like to me, they were always good. They were a perennial power in the Valley, but they would never, they couldn't get over that hump. I remember there was a, a the, not on the list, but they would have. I think they had a buzzer beer against West Virginia. They had a bad game against Iowa. Like there was a ton of these games for Creighton over the years. So, yep. Let's go to the good. Uh, a good one that's a little begrudging because I'm not a big fan of this school, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Uh, a good run was Wichita State making a run to the Final Four, which was a huge moment uh, is my in my lifetime. First time a Valley team made a Final Four with wins over Gonzaga and Ohio State to get there uh, among their four victories. So uh, that was a big moment for them. They got to the Final Four. They even played a Louisville team really tough. They were really competitive in that game too. So um, that was a really good shining moment for the Valley. Yep. I mean, it, it put us on the map. Definitely, definitely. And num- and number four, it's a bad moment here for sure. Uh, Ty Rogers ripping Drake's hearts out. Oof. I yeah. I'll be honest with you, I didn't feel bad one bit during that game. I know that get that turns in my Valley fan card, but I was so bitter about being number tw- twenty two in the RPI and mm. not making it as Nat Large for Illinois State. I couldn't have cared less because they beat us by thirty in the Arch Madness final. But I know as a Valley fan looking back on it, it's kind of heartbreaking. So. That one was uh, frustrating for me because Drake was the higher seed and, and West Kentucky. There were five. I mean, yeah. West Kentucky, you know, um, I forget what conference they're in, but was it conference? Where, where were they in then? I, I think they're, I don't know what they were in. Then. Anyway, I, but like still like mid major ish. So I was just like mad that the committee put the two mid majors right. essentially together. And so you're going to knock out one of them. And, and obviously we, we were high on Drake, um, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. And if I remember that game, right. Drake, or Western Kentucky played about as well as they possibly could have. Yeah, exactly. To win that game. That Drake team was really good. But I'll be honest with you, Vance. I, I know this is kind of crappy, but yeah, I was no, so I bitter. Get it. I mean, yeah. like I was. That was like one of the one of the years where I was going in. I was like, oh, I, just, <laughs> I can't. I can't, I have a hard time rooting for 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 a Valley team here. And uh, let's go to number three. Um, is actually a good one for the Southern Illinois Salukis. Um, this one is a, this one is a sweet 16 game. Uh, you guys got there, played against Kansas. It was kind of that one moment where a a Valley team got a high seed. You guys were a four seed that year. You got to the sweet 16 as you were predicted to, and you proved that you belonged in the sweet 16 and proved you belonged on that stage by giving Kansas any, everything they wanted. Like, I think you lost that game by three was Mm -hmm. right. was the final. Um, I know, I know it's probably stings a little bit for you, but like taking a step back, proud moment as a valley fan because it was like any friends that i had we were talking valley hoops and versus like the big time teams like it was it was validating for the valley fans out there to watch our team go there go up against mighty kansas one of the big the blue blood teams in the country and give them everything they can handle yeah the phantom shot clock um reset i'm still convinced to this day that um the shot clock uh operator erred on that one and that is why we potentially lost (laughs) 
no doubt, no doubt. Um, all right, so number two, um, there. This is a bad memory for Valley fans. Um, Northern Iowa choking against Texas A&M to go to the Sweet Sixteen. Oh, this this <laughs> one's bad. This is <laughs> one of the biggest choke to... jobs in NCAA history. I hate to laugh, and if this was Illinois State, I wouldn't be laughing. But like. I I remember watching it and I just couldn't believe my eyes. I uh I remember Carlson getting a dunk as a part of this and thinking to myself, okay, the bleeding's gonna stop. And then there was like there was a turnover in the corner by Washburn and oh yeah. my goodness, it was like the worst collapse ever. And I think they had to go to double overtime and they finally lost to him. It, oh I uh I'm twisting the knife on you and I fans here. It's a tough one. It's a bad, like, I had gotten to know a UNI fan through Arch Madness. I'd met him um, there one year, and we just kind of stayed in touch. And I remember texting him towards the end of regulation. I was like, are you getting your flights for, I don't know, San Jose or whatever it was. Like, yeah, start yeah. booking your flights. And yeah. then I had to send him, like, the, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. Like, text after it, and I was just like, I feel terrible. Like, I mean, it was, oh, my gosh. It was, oh. Yeah, and it was and it was coming off of that crazy buzzer beater by yep. is it Jesperson? I think he hit that he hit yes. that bank. It was like the most casual looking bank shot ever, and yep. it was awesome. And it was huge. It was a great upset over Texas, and then just to lose against A and M, it was oh my god, that's yeah, that's I, I couldn't imagine. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. And number one for me um, is in two thousand six. Um, after, after Billy Packer, rest in peace, Billy Packer, uh, tore into the idea of the Missouri Valley conference, getting four teams and, uh, not be deserving of it. Uh, he had to, we shut him up pretty quickly by Bradley and Wichita state, uh, both going to the sweet 16 that year, um, and prove that they, that the Valley did belong. They did deserve their four teams. probably should have got five to be totally honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a big time moment for us Valley fans, um, sitting there and we were kind of could thump our chest like yeah that's right billy packer you got mad about it on selection sunday you can't say anything about it anymore yep that's one of my all-time favorite uh interviews that i get to go back and and look um but yeah um that was that was the moment the valley had arrived so is there any moments that you can think of that i didn't mention good bad or indifferent i know there's one out there that people are probably yelling into their, their <laughs> yeah, podcast i didn't mention no 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 <laughs> I, I, there's a reason i didn't put it in there but uh, do you loyola, have any that i missed loyola final four obviously okay that's not the one i'm talking about oh okay it's like uh um, right, well, so loyola so so let me let me let me say this there's two moments uh, the loyola one for the final four i didn't put in there because number like it was a cool it was a cool deal especially back then but I actually thought the Illinois win was bigger, and I wasn't going to put two little oh, yeah. in there. That's fair. That's and fair. like, if you remember, like the run that they had, like, oh, they beat yeah. a good Tennessee team, but they had to beat Kansas State and Nevada to get to the Final Four. Like that was the year UMBC beat Virginia, so their path was about as easy as it gets. So yep. I thought the Illinois win was more impressive. The other one that I didn't mention was for for a certain reason was the Ali Froakman shot. Oh, which was yeah. a crazy moment for Valley fans. Uh, the reason I didn't mention that was also that was a little bit bitter time for me as well. Uh, Illinois State had just not had just lost to uh, Northern Iowa in the uh, in Arch Madness final, so uh, I was not happy about that either. So that's the uh, that's the me side of that thing. But yes, I know people are probably yelling into the yelling in their phones that I missed those couple, but there was a reason why I didn't want to have them in there. Yeah, no, I, I like that one. We actually got to relive that one last week, right? Because it would have been the, yeah. the anniversary. So always yep. seeing that every year. And, and they went to, that was to go to the Sweet 16, right? 
Yes. And okay. that's it. There's an all time YouTube video out there where uh, Farouk Manesh is interviewing people like, you know, a couple years after it really? of Kansas fans um, at oh, no. the NCAA tournament. And they're like, hey, um, you know, what was one of the worst moments in NCAA history as a Kansas <laughs> fan? And they'd be like, this guy from from and they couldn't think of the team and he finally was like and can't pronounce his last name and he goes Ali Farokamadash nice to meet you and it was just there's an all time video out there oh that's uh, awesome somewhere to, I, I think he's coaching somewhere isn't he yeah uh, Colorado State is he at Colorado State still okay or actually I I actually fact checked me at one point he was at Colorado State um, okay so I know okay. that much well, maybe he might not be there I'll say this in hindsight like I know I was bitter back then because I was a bitter Illinois State fan but like in hindsight like what a cool moment for the Valley. Like that yeah. was, I mean, that was a huge, mo- especially because that one gets replayed a ton. I mean, that, that call, I mean, you can't be serious with that shot. I mean, what a, what a moment. And yeah. to take down Kansas because I don't know if you remember that Kansas was the overwhelming favorite that year. Oh, big and, time. and actually another thing people don't talk about with that for Oakman, I shot was they actually beat UNLV. I believe the two days before on another for Oakman shot for Oakman, shot like at the very end. So people don't remember that game being really tight as well. So, um, yeah, I'm sure we'll get fact check of where he's coaching at. But yeah, it, it's All Colorado time. State. Just Google is it, it Colorado State? Yep. yep still oh, there. okay. So you're right. Good for you. With Nico. You oh boy, our friend yep. Nico. Yep. So that Drake fans listening to this podcast just turned it off. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, we digress. This is uh, this has been fun, Vance. Um, any other uh, any other thoughts about the uh, the weekend ahead of us and uh, what we got going on? No, I'm excited to uh, watch the games. Obviously, uh, be dialed in um, tomorrow night for the Bradley game. And then uh, things really tip off Friday at 625 on TBS when we get to see Drake play the five-seed Miami. Um, So one of the best two days, um, one of the best two days in the year, um, but really the second best weekend in March um, is upon us. But, you know, really just, just ready to be immersed in college it's it's that fun time of year yeah no doubt about it uh valley fans you guys can uh find us on twitter at march arch pod at march arch baker uh march arch mailbag as well if you guys want to send us your thoughts your memories of watching the ncaa tournament memories from the missouri valley teams playing the tournament whatever you want to send us love to read it we can even read some of that on the air next week um our plan for the podcast going forward um a lot's going to depend on how bradley and drake do uh if they're playing next week we'll obviously have another podcast kind of previewing things um we do the best we can with these previews we're obviously valley fans so we're not watching a ton of other conferences so we do the best we can in a concise way to give you at least a little bit of a a look at how our teams look against them we'll try to do that again next week if if one or both of those teams move on to play games next week uh if not what we'll probably do is maybe wait till after indiana state's done to kind of have a closing podcast where we kind of look at the outlook for everybody and kind of go forward with that if indiana state's the only team playing they're playing the final I don't know, maybe we'll do something fun like a Spaces or something like that, but um, there probably won't be another podcast until after the season's done because that tournament's so close together, Vance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard for us to really, like, if we dive in, we do it, and then a day later that podcast is already stale. So um, we'll wait and see how our, our two main teams do, though. Um, if they make it through the weekend, we'll definitely do another preview show, uh, maybe have an interview as well. So um, just be on the lookout for uh, how the teams do, and uh Best of luck to uh, to the trees, the Braves, and the Bulldogs. And now more than ever, go Valley. Start talking about the Valley. Why not? <laughs>